Good evening and welcome to the NFL Draft. Tonight, we officially welcome the next generation of players. So if you're ready, are you ready? Let's get it started. The NFL Draft is officially open. NFL Draft Podcast. I am Trevor Sycamore. With me is Benjamin Solak on a top five Thursday. Not quite an alliteration. Top five Tuesday would have been a good alliteration. Change the schedules. But that's not, that is not nearly enough time. We watch the first day of prospects, then we uh-huh. rank our top five. Right, okay. And then we watch the other ones, and we hope that we were right when we ranked our top <laughs> five on Tuesday. <laughs> Off of vibes alone. <laughs> Names, jersey numbers, <laughs> and vibes alone. Yeah. We bring to you. T- <laughs> Why did we think of this now? <laughs> because it's already like barely serious enough to be constituted as a football podcast. And just ranking before we actually watched would be the final straw. God, man, that is that is just <laughs> some genius marketing right there. That would have been... That would have been fantastic. Okay, so uh, what we're actually doing today is we are we are <laughs> ranking the top five wide receivers we have in the preseason going into the 2021 college football season. Of course, the ones that are eligible for the 2022 NFL Draft. And uh, we are doing so after watching all of these players. You know? Not, like as go- not, as a, not as good of a gimmick like true cowards. Yeah, we actually watch these prospects before we rank them. But before we get to the rankings, you know, you mentioned this this is hardly serious enough of a show uh, for us to even pull that off, and you are correct. But we do have a serious thing to talk about. I teased it in uh, the earlier episode of the podcast, the one where we're kind of doing the best of the rest, where I said there was a big announcement that had to do with this podcast that we would be doing here today. And that announcement is... That this week is the final week that Ben and I will be doing Locked On NFL Draft. I don't want to say too much because I, well, quite frankly, I I don't know what I'm entirely allowed to say. So I'll, I'll let Ben say the words on it. But Ben has an opportunity at his hands that he has accepted and he's he's moving on. He's moving on to something different. I can't say onward and upward because, you know, it doesn't get better than this podcast. So I don't really know what he's doing. But that is the news. Uh, this is the final week that Ben and I will be doing Locked On NFL Draft together. And uh, Ben, do you, did you prepare a speech? Do you have words? No. Well, firstly, the word, no, because that just <laughs> make me sad. Um, and that, I feel like most of that will be for, for Fan Friday because I feel like, you know, the, we wanted to make sure we got the announcement in. Uh, with enough time so that way when people ask fan friday questions they can know that it's uh it is the last fan friday which is just a horrible 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 phrase that makes me very very sad um but yeah it's uh uh i'm sure we'll go over a lot of that then we will i'll be more emotionally steadied for that but yeah this is uh this is my last week at tdn uh this is my my last week with uh with locked on nfl draft it's a bit of a weird transition just because of the aforementioned twitter issues i'm not able to to announce on twitter because twitter won't freaking give me my account back the whole separate conversation but um it's honestly a little bit cool that the first people that i can tell are the, are the locked in nfl draft listeners because those are the uh 
those are the ones with whom you know I'm the closest, and those are the ones that are are, are really the, the the true fans, right? The uh, the true OGs. Yep. Uh, and so it's been two years. Yeah. On the pod now? Yeah. Over two yeah. years. Yeah. Over two and years. Yeah. It's been three years for me at at TDN, and it's been a, a completely formative experience uh, that I will always remember fondly. Always owe a great deal to everybody here, most especially first among which is is, is of course Trevor. It's you. Um, and I'm sad to be going. It's a great opportunity, and I'm excited to announce my new spot and do some new stuff there, and I hope that I'm able to, to bring the lessons I learned and a lot of the energy here at Lockdown NFL Draft to where I'm going next, but uh, it is sad to say goodbye. Well, we, we're not going to get too deep into this because we'll, we'll do it uh, for Fan Friday, but uh, we wanted to make that announcement, and honestly, we would have made it sooner, uh, but it was just complications of leaving one spot, going to the other, and, and Ben... Ben not having his Twitter account, it was just kind of like it, it just did not There's line up. On. Right, it just there didn't. Still it, a lot going. It on. did not. Right, didn't line up as 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 we wanted to. So we would have liked to, in a perfect world, let you guys know a little bit sooner. But we're we're doing that here, and the reason why we wanted to do that is because we wanted to give you guys who have given us so much over the last couple of years the ability to digest what's going on here and then kind of get ready for what is the final Fan Friday that we're going to have this week. And with this episode coming out on late on a Thursday, we're going to give some people some time to listen to this episode to understand what's happening, what's going on with the podcast. And so we will be recording Fan Friday actually on Saturday this week. And the reason why I want to do that is because I want to give you guys as much time as possible to hear the news and try to get on on the show because it's going to be a mega episode. We are going to go a long time. We're, we're, we are going to have a longer episode probably than we have ever had before here on this podcast because it is going to be a little bit of a farewell here. And, um, you know, for all of the complications that it's kind of been with Ben, uh, don't worry, guys. He's not getting fired. He he actually has an incredible announcement that's coming up, and I'm excited for you guys to hear it. Still follow along with what he's going to be able to do and still cover football uh, moving forward. And and uh, we can't say that quite yet, but uh, I just want to let everybody know that uh, Ben's not getting fired. He's actually uh, going to a new spot that he's very very excited about. But I'm not. Yeah. Well, I mean. <laughs> I could fire you, I guess, before you officially leave. I could fire you off of the podcast, but, you know, I'd have to get it cleared, and that's a lot of paperwork, and I don't feel like doing that. Do you mind if we just kind of, like, just do it, you know, amicably? Do you mind? I feel like this is a lot so. easier. Yeah. Also, if you fire me, then it's definitely your podcast, which I refuse to relinquish even upon the final moments. That's actually that's actually a great point. So, okay, yeah, well, yeah that, that's the schedule that we have moving forward. I'm going to ask the... Uh, fan Friday forum question still on Friday so you guys can get your questions in then but then just letting you know it'll be a mega episode that we will record and publish on Saturday for you guys to have because we want to get to as many questions as we possibly can as a big thank you to you and a little bit of a send off to Ben and so that's just kind of coming up uh, coming up later this week on the last podcast that we have there today. We still got to rank these top five wide receivers. We watched a lot of these guys. Uh, I watched 17 of them. Ben, I think, watched 19 of them. And so we've got a handful of players uh, that we've done a lot of scouting notes on this week. Ben, who is your number five wide receiver going into the preseason, going into the college football regular season, I should say, heading into the 2022 NFL draft? I have Traylon Burks, uh, the wide receiver of Arkansas, who I wanted to have higher 
because I really I like him a lot. I like the way that he plays. And I obviously have the prediction that he ends up wide receiver one, which is, uh, uh, you know, my, my offseason prediction. And I think that that certainly that's still within range for him. I think that he brings a skill set that is extremely unique to this class with his yards after catchability, with his size, with his toughness. It's a class. Uh, it's a little bit slighter. It's a little bit more oriented on route running. It's a little bit more oriented on athleticism. Uh, Burks is a hammer in, 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 a, in a tool shed for, full of. I don't know what's the equivalent of a route runner tool. Hand saws. I don't know. He's he's, he's a different. <laughs> I didn't. Guy. I couldn't help you. I was I yeah. was lost there. I was yeah. I was completely lost the thread. But we're back on track. He's a different cat. He's a different breed. Uh, very unique player. Very unique build. Uh, would like to see more of a downfield receiving profile in 2021, especially if in that downfield receiving profile he's able to show that he can run routes using some movement skills that have yet been undisplayed as he's just kind of muscled his way into his breaks to this point in his career. Uh, never going to be a, a true deep threat, never going to be a, a true three-level threat, but if he can show more of an intermediate route-running profile and the ability to create more explosives, that'll give him that Debo Samuel sort of a, a usage at, at the NFL level where he's still a legitimate threat to go down the field, can still do that. But it's going to be the stuff that he does with the ball in his hands on the short targets. That's going to be valuable. So Traylon Burks at Arkansas, a player who I very much love, comes in at number five. I did not have Traylon Burks in my top five. I didn't think you would. Yeah. He was he was six for me. He was six. But so he was uh, close. And I could probably guess right now which player made it into your top five and didn't make it into mine. Yeah, of course you can. Because I'm right oh. and you're wrong. And we're we're gonna we're gonna get to that player soon. Okay. Number five for me. Do you think that that player is going to be number five for me? No. <laughs> you're damn right he's not uh no, no. number five number five i have john mechie the third from alabama i really like john mechie I, I just you know he was very much a complimentary third wide receiver piece in an offense that had Jalen waddle and Devonte smith obviously Jalen waddle goes down john mechie has the ability to step up and i thought he really did he brings a great all-around profile um, he's a smaller wide receiver, but he's he's a little bit more stacked than some of these other guys that are in this class. I feel like he's, got, he's got more muscle. He's got more strength to his game. He's good at contested catches. I love his mentality towards blocking. This is a do-it-all kind of a wide receiver. This is the kind of wide receiver that the Bucks talk about Chris Godwin like this. They never want to take Chris Godwin off the field because of how he impacts the game, whether or not he even has the option to get the football. That, to me, feels like a, a, a John Mechie sort of mentality comparison that I have for him moving forward he's got the long speed you need I just think for him it's just about development it's about the fine-tuning it's about becoming a better route runner uh better off of press um setting defenders up a little bit more getting a little bit more fluid and flexible and and, and having more smooth transitions and how you diversify your route tree you're not just an outside guy you can buy an outside player and an inside option when it comes to two-way goes and so I think that John Mechie has a really high ceiling to him but I just need to see it and I've got full confidence that it happens, but this wide receiver class happens to be really, really good. So I've got him in my top five. I wanted him to get him in there, but I am very excited to see him really take over as that wide receiver one in that Bama offense this year. Yeah, Mechie's four for me. Uh, and I'm, I'm happy you had him at five because I looked at him at four and I was like, this feels like it's too low for Mechie. It feels like it's too low for insert stud Alabama receiver here. Right. But the reality is just what we know about Mechie to this point. Uh, it is, he is like it, in the top tier, but he's not clearly ahead. He's not clearly head and shoulders above everybody else. Uh, and so I think that having him in the top five and, and giving him a, a modest ranking therein is appropriate. Um, 
agree with you. The, the block is going to mean he stays on the field for all three downs. I think that he, he's good with the ball in his hands and he's good downfield. So he's a three-level threat. I think that he's got every piece that you want for a player who's going to take a high number of your snaps, going to play your Z, he's going to play your slot, he's going to be in your two receiver sets, your three receiver sets, everything you want in a bag of chips. Just would like to see it. We would like to see him be the guy uh, unimpeded for a whole season there with Bryce Young with Alabama in that you know new passing game for the 85,000th time. And I think that he will. Uh, I think that he'll push for wide receiver one. Um, for me, there's a clear... There are four guys that my, my top four I knew were going to be my in my top five. And then I was kind of all over the place on who I wanted to be fifth. Um, and Mechie's in that group. It's just at this point, he's a little bit less known, a little bit less established, and a little bit smaller than some of the other guys that are in my top. So, John Mechie at four. You know what I just realized? What? I think I have two wide receivers in my top five that I don't know if they're going to be similarly in yours. Okay. I think so, it's possible. So I, I wonder, because now we got two names out of the way right there with you put Traylon Burks in there. We both have John Mechie in there. Number four for me is Garrett Wilson. Not in my top five. Oh, you didn't put Garrett Wilson in your top five? I think I think Wilson is, at this point, a raw player in a class of very, very polished players. Oh, okay. And so okay. I right. very well could see him making the leap, but he has to make the leap, and right now he hasn't. Uh, I, I really like Garrett Wilson. There are some there's some people out there who have him as wide receiver one, and I was like, damn, I got him at four. I wonder if I'm just like not seeing anything right. But I, I totally agree. The reason why I have him at four is because really athletic, really natural mover, explosive dude, loves yards after the catch, loves to find the open space, but it's just it it doesn't look as smooth, as prepared, or you use the word right there, as polished as it does for some of these other guys. I feel like he could certainly take that next step when it comes to diversifying what he does. But maybe that's Ohio State's offense. Maybe that's just like the how the, the the way that they do it. But I I think that this is a really good athlete who just didn't show as much polish as some of these other players I have in front of him. Yeah, I uh, I would not fault anybody for having Garrett Wilson up in the top. It's a matter of how much faith are you willing to put in an expected next step. And when Garrett Wilson takes that expected next step, I'll be the first to tell you he took it. He's put himself in the top five conversation. Off of what I have right now, I have a player with inconsistencies. And when we're talking about top five in in pretty much any wide receiver class at this point, because of how many different body types and how many different styles of athletes are going to make it into the top five, uh, it's tough for me to put him up there. Like I have, you know, not to, to, I guess it is my turn actually to go. So to spoil it, I have David Bell at three. He's more pro ready. He's more pro ready right now. He's Whoa. more pro ready. Yeah. That's fine. I just I, I never even considered David Bell in the top five. Oh, I I, I David Bell to me is a, is the top. Like I said, like I I said Justin Jefferson and I said Rashad Bateman. He's good at everything, man. He is every trick that pony's got. He is so so ready to be an impact. They, like I, I I a little bit have like a little bit of Terry McLaurin, but he's not that fast. But just in terms of of how ready he is right now to do the high level stuff at the NFL level and how, how he, he's able to release offline of scrimmage and he's able to uh, lie with his route train. He's able to make things look the same until they're different. And that's going to give him man separation ability. And then you is something that you brought up, uh, you know, the, the ability to settle versus zone. They don't really get a ton of zone read and like zone change routes in terms of that offense, the, that Jeff Brom offense in Purdue, but you can tell he adjusts his routes relative to zone drops. You can tell how he adjusts relative to space. Uh, tough, 
blocker, has contested catchability, right? Which you don't you don't expect a player of, of him to have has toughness, tackle breaking ability, which you don't expect a player of his size to have. She's good at everything. He's just just really stinking good football player. He's good and at I'm, everything. I'm at the point now where I'm not gonna let myself get bamboozled by these absurdly just very good receivers who maybe don't have that cardinal trait like we talked about, but they show up. And and and, and David Bell is just constantly a steady. He, he can be a possession player. He can be an explosive player. He can be whatever Purdue needed him to be. He's just so well-rounded. And I don't want to get caught by that guy anymore because I feel like we've been getting caught by that guy. We've been falling for these flashier players. And I mm-hmm. think that David Bell is going to walk into the league. He can walk into the league tomorrow, and he can be a successful receiver. And I think that and I, that up against guys like Drake London, up against guys like Garrett Wilson, stands out because those are incomplete players right now. Mm-hmm. And David Bell is a complete player. Okay. All right. All right. Hey, I like Trevor, gl- What? What? I just felt like I was yelling at you that whole time, even though I wasn't really yelling at you. So. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we're up to my top three now. And we're about to get to a player that uh, I'm going to have in my top five that Ben does not. But before we get to that, got to remind people that Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Get all of the latest news, odds, info, all the sporting needs for baseball, football, basketball, NHL, all the UFC and MMA action as well over at Bet Online. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game. You can do so by heading over to their website, or you can use your mobile device to sign up and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit if you sign up using the promo code Locked On. All caps, one word, Locked On. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. I'm going to get to one of those players that I really like that I guarantee Ben does not have in this top five coming up after the break. All right, Ben, I'm going to let you guess. Who do you Reggie think Roberson. I have at number three? Reggie Roberson. I have Reggie Roberson at number three. Yeah. I have Reggie. Do you have Good Reggie Roberson? Do, do you have Reggie Roberson in your top five? I do not. I did not think that you did. And we we kind of, you know, we fawn over this dude last episode. And the big question mark has to do with his injury history. 2019. Had a season-ending injury on his foot. 2020 had a season-ending injury on his knee. So much of what makes this guy so good has to do with his explosiveness. And if he does not have that same kind of explosiveness, you just get lost in the shuffle. You become just kind of like another guy, another wide receiver. But man, when this dude was healthy, especially last year, I mean, he feasted. He was just Fucking folks, whether it was right at the beginning of the play at the line of scrimmage, deep down the field, into his stem, whatever it was. I mean, he was just in total control. The speed at which this guy is able to chop his feet and his hands, it keeps defensive backs guessing. They're just, they're, 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 he's fooling them the whole time. They don't know which way he's going, and the second he chooses, it's already too late for the corner. If they have not tried to mirror him or really just anticipate and move on their own, I just don't think there's any way to catch to keep up with him. He's so quick. He's so fast. He is so explosive. I said yesterday I'd love for him to play with a little bit more strength, but I know he can because I've seen it in his blocking. So if he just brings that more towards his contested catchability, we're talking about a complete takeover kind of a wide receiver. I hope I get to see that this year, and I hope I just get to see a a similar Reggie Roberson when it comes to that explosiveness and athletic ability because if we get that man, I think that we are talking about a special kind of player who would separate at all three levels, is great with yards after the catch, has the adequate long speed, if he gets a little bit more strength to him, you're talking about a full-time wide receiver who could attack deep down the field as well. So love him. Really do. That's why I had to put him at number three. Oh, God, I hope he comes back and he's just Cybertronic. He's even healthier than he was before. Wow. 
Let's wow. do it. I'm I'm in. I'm 100% in. I'm all the way in. <laughs> Who's next for you? <clears throat> yeah, I don't have Reggie. Top five. I understand why you got him. I have, so uh, I had um, uh, Traylon Burks five, John Mechie four, David Bell three. Number two, which I don't know if this is spicy. I feel like it isn't spicy. But it's George Pickens, uh, the wide receiver out of Georgia. And he's just <laughs> stupid good. And it's just a matter of how much he comes back healthy. And I know I brought up the fact that I, I would like for him to have a little bit better transitions. Uh, and if he has an ACL problem, that might make him a little bit more stiff. It might make you know that uh, that knee bend even trickier. And, and that's going to affect how he plays even more. And so I, I understand. I, I, it's very much so, you know, you want to be able to check that box when he comes back due to injury. But if we were drafting people off of 2020 film, and we draft people off what we saw from George Pickens last season. He is a dominant downfield receiver. Dominant. And that explosive yep. play potential, uh, while there are other guys in this class who I like as field stretchers, both in terms of speed, Chris Olave, uh, John Mechie, and in terms of size, uh, Dante Demas, Jalen Tolbert. Pickens has the blend, and then he also has the skills that match the traits in the sense of the the catch away from frame, the catch radius, the track and adjust. Disgusting. Uh, and so he's got such a nice marriage, such a nice blend in terms of physical tools and then the, the skills of the position to be that downfield guy, throw in some of the additional uh, toughness and strength to win in the in the quick releases in the quick game to make those consistent catches over the middle doesn't have a hands problem the way I think a few guys in this class do, which is really nice. Um, and the competitiveness, something that we talked about as well, he's got that alpha mentality. And I think you've got yourself, your ex receiver in this class. And then you've got yourself a potential round one receiver in this class. Who's going to be that traditional ball winner on the outside. Who's going to be able to give your offense, the explosives that it needs, even if you don't have an elite quarterback, cause he can make that player right. And he's been doing it for a while at Georgia. So I really like George Pickens. Uh, Gotta check the box with health. But if so, top two receiver in this class. So I will just say it now because it's here for the transition. I, and I assume that the last guy is going to be on our list too. George Pickens is one for me. He's wide receiver one. And Ooh, I like it. He is, like you said, he's everything that I think that you would want as a dominant outside wide receiver. He he commands a wide receiver one prototype. He really does. I think of uh, you know, in, in Endgame, when Captain America is looking at the, the, the support group, it's not like the Alcoholics Anonymous group, but it's where they're all in that little circle and they're just like having therapy, talking to each other. And he goes like, oh, the world is in our hands, guys. I, I look at George Pickens and I just give him that little eyebrow, eyebrow raise and I just be like, wide receiver one is in your hands, George. And it just happens to do or it it, it, uh, it hinges on one, his health, of course, with his ACL tear in March. I don't even know how much we're going to be able to see him this year. But then the rest of it is this guy could be as good as he wants to be. Because if you told me right now, Trev, you need one catch, who are you picking? I'm picking George. George, I'm picking George Pickens, and I'm and I'm not thinking twice about it. He is the player on first down, on second down, on third down, between the twenties, in the red zone, at the sideline, over the middle. That I have the most faith in to be an alpha to go grab the ball out of the air and make a play for your team. He is a size, speed, strength, prototype wide receiver for the next level. You can use him in a variety of different ways, in a variety of different alignments. You can have him on the outside. You can have him on the inside. He can be as good as he wants to be. 
That's that's George Pickens. And the mold is completely there for him. That's why I've got him wide receiver one over a player who I also really, really like, who I assume is your wide receiver one in Chris Olave. Chris Olave. Yep. Such a good player. You want to talk about Chris? You want me to talk about Chris? You can talk about Chris because I just talk about George and then I'll talk about Chris. Chris Olave uh, is my wide receiver one. And it's because if I needed to pick a receiver in this class, go get me a catch. I would pick Chris Olave. Uh, and it's because the separation ability is stupid. Uh, we brought up a name. I think I think Trev brought up Jerry Judy, right, in terms of how Chris Olave plays. Yep. Where the level of footwork and the freedom that it affords him to run a variety of routes from a variety of alignments and win in a variety of ways against a variety of coverages. He has arrows in his quiver. He has the answers to the test, right? Things that we like to, like these frameworks that I like to use. He has the answers to the test. He's got different ways to answer the question. So what that means is when he's able to, to then go against NFL caliber opponents, which he's done multiple times in his career, going back to when he was an underclassman, and win against different body types and different styles and different coverages, even as Ohio State enters the playoffs and goes against guys like Clemson and different conferences and what have you. Uh, it shows you a player who's going to walk into the league and be successful because he's going to have seen the full gamut of what college football offers, and he's going to be, he's been able to respond to it. Throw in some cardinal physical traits in terms of fluidity and, and, and long speed, which potentially, you know, uh, we talked about Daniel Jeremiah and the Will Fuller comp, potentially that ability to throw in a true vertical win, a, a true field-stretching role. And now we have a player who's going to be able to, like George Pickens, create explosives, but in my opinion, be more reliable uh, in the underneath areas, more reliable and have more usage as an underneath player. I brought up Robert Woods, I think what I was talking about, about Chris Olave and, and that way that he's able to win uh, with such, a, uh, I've, I've said variety so many times, such a repertoire of answers. It gives you faith good, in his Good floor. word, good. Yeah, good, good, good. yeah. So for my faith in his floor, for a, a player I think is an extremely high floor polished prospect, Chris Olave is my wide receiver one. Yeah, he'll set you up and he'll smoke you, man. I mean, that's just that's yeah. what this dude does. And, you know, Chris Olave is what, six foot one, 190 pounds. I mean, like he's a he's a he's a smaller wide receiver. It's not like he's just like absolutely stacked out here, but he'll also get you with some contested catches, man. You could fire it deep on this guy and you could be reliable, like you said. And that's often where I think some of the smaller wide receivers who are as smooth and as good at route running as Chris Olave is, I feel like they fail deep down the field because they can't be reliable when it comes to tracking the ball 30, 40 yards down the field and then going up and going to get the ball over somebody who's desperately trying to knock it away from you. I think Chris Olave does a great job tracking the ball deep and he's reliable coming down with it too. He's got great hands. He's got great feet at the sideline. He really understands how to set defenders up uh, when it comes to veering one way or the other before his break. He just keeps him guessing, man, and I think that he's he's so smooth. He's such a technician in what he does. He's that separation kind of player that is just going to succeed in the NFL. That's I, I had Jerry Judy wide receiver one. You and I debated about this in, in a couple of different areas, and uh, you talked about with Jerry Judy, like, hey, like, how much separation is too much separation? Like, does it actually matter? And I could, I, I could see that. I see that argument. I understand what you're saying, but to me, when you're great at separation, when you're elite at separation, yeah, you might create more in some areas, but it also just means that you're creating them in really tough areas too. And so, I feel like that's the case with Chris Olave. I feel like he's going to be a quarterback's best friend at the next level because he's going to make that throwing window a lot bigger. And in the NFL, it's a very difficult task because he is just so good at what he does. Cannot believe that Chris Olave did not come out last year. But there's a lot more reasons, like we talked about on Monday. There's a lot more reasons 
go into declaring or not declaring than just football skill. So I have, so neither. Go ahead. I was just gonna say I have Chris Olave two, I have George Pickens number one. You have George Pickens two and Chris Olave number one. Yeah. So neither one of us with Drake London top five, huh? No, I mean I had I, I had a handful of wide receivers above Drake London. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't, where was he, where was he for you? <clears throat> right. He was right. He was in that tier two. I would put him at seven, probably below Garrett Wilson. Uh, I think a lot of people are very excited about Drake London. And yeah. I just, I, I think that we're never going to get we're it's going to be, he's going to be a projection player because we're never going to get the usage at USC that we expect to have with him. In right. The That's going to make things tough. I, dude, I have, I have Drake London at 10. And I don't even like, I, I don't, I don't even mean that as a slight, like I had Traylenburg to six. I have Justin Ross at seven, which is Justin Ross is a massive projection anyways, but the dude was absolutely dominant when he was playing at Clemson. So, um, you know, you look at just what he was been able to do before then, if he comes back fully healthy and he's getting better, then we're talking about a guy that, that that's really, really talented. I have Ty Freifogel at eight and then I have David Bell at nine. Oh, too long, David Bell, brother. That's like, you know, you know, when you, would you having him at, would you have him at three? Yep. Yeah. I mean, clearly. We just seem a little bit player. different, but it's it's the way that we talked about him during the episode in which we were discussing David Bell in his entirety. I'm worried about the trump card part. I I just am. I I, I see what you're saying. Are we sleeping on the guy who's going to end up being the best one just because he is the most natural? He possess he he plays the position so well. I hear you. I do. I'm worried. I think the line is thin. I think the line is thin <sighs> between him either being just an absolute natural or just a guy. I'm not so sure, but he is a player that I'm looking forward to watching this season. I was going to do a like, well, we'll have to circle back during the season thing, but I can't do that. Well, anymore. I mean, you and I will circle back. Just not in the podcast. Yes. Thanks. You know, so. All right, everybody. Fan Friday. It's the final episode that we have left. And as we said at the beginning, it is the last Fan Friday that Ben and I are doing together. I, like, maybe we'll do another Fan Friday years down the road, you know, when we're both obviously in the uh, Hall of Fame for um, covering the game of football, you know, just because we, we're going to be so good at our job, they'll have no choice but They'll to put us in the actual us. Pro Football Hall of Fame. Yeah, of yeah. course. Right, 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 right. I mean, maybe one day, maybe th- maybe during that day, maybe like during the Pro Football Hall of Fame ceremony, we, we could like break out the microphones and do another Fan Friday. But until then, man, I, I mean, this is the last one that you're getting. So uh, at Tampa Bay Trey on Twitter, at Tampa Bay Trey on Instagram, and of course the premium Slack as well. Get your questions in. Uh, you can also say some nice words about Ben if you would like, if you have enjoyed his voice on this podcast over the last couple of years. Don't do that. We might read them on the air, no, but, no. but but we might not because Ben might get too emotional. But I promise that I will uh, I, I will send them to him regardless if he has his Twitter account back or not. So send us your questions. We're gonna make it a mega episode. Like I said, I'm gonna give you guys a full day to ask the questions because I I want as many of you guys to get in on this farewell episode as possible. So we're gonna give you all Friday, and then we will record and release the episode on Saturday for you guys to enjoy then and until the end of time. Until then, you guys keep it locked right here on Locked On NFL Draft.